What is going on, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Two Cents Footy Podcast. My name is Akram McAllister, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, let's start with Luke Johnston this week. Yeah, I feel like I started last week too, so I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I've got some UCL uh, privileges <laughs> these days that I can go first, or if I've got like you know, if you win on the weekend in, in your in your respective league. I know that's not for all of us, specifically Hayden. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, how are we doing? We're chilling, we're fine. He's not fair, Very tired, very tired, bro. Uh, hospital's crazy, um, and the workload is not stopping, Zach. Yeah, I know be- before we started here, yeah, you were just saying you know, it's coming to the end of your course, bro. I can't imagine what's going to happen in the next two years when we start coming to the end of ours, but you know, we'll leave that for, for then, and um, we'll, we'll just leave it to the soccer today. But otherwise, A-OK. Yeah, I'm sure you are happy with Eden Hazard finally getting on the score sheet over the weekend. You know, scoring that penalty, right? That's a it's a slightly more difficult thing to answer there, but you know, the fact that he's there and he's got both legs, um, and he's not rolling on the field, it's a, it's, it's a positive for me. You know, we got to take, take that. The little things. Well, I'll take it. Could have yeah. had worse weekends. Oh. You know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, you got the dub in the end, so can't really <laughs> complain. Fair enough. Yes, sir. Speaking of another man who uh, whose team walked away with the dub, Daniel Pike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What's up, everybody? Um, from a football standpoint, at the very least, um, doing great. Um, obviously, Spurs won their match. I mean, squeaked by with a one 0 but you know, a win's a win, um, as the the majority of the podcast know and understand. Um, <laughs> I'm just we're just we're just gonna keep hustling you, Hayden. It's just it has to happen. You know, um, but yeah, football is doing great. Um, obviously, I enjoy you know City and Liverpool dropping points at the same time at the start of the season, um, so that's always enjoyable. Um, but vasty, stressful as always, and the workload is just only getting better. Like you're better, <laughs> bigger, more work is <laughs> just piling onto my schedule. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it is my bachelor's, so I can understand things are going to get hectic, and hopefully, we can just you know get by you know oh mm. how the standards have just decreased you know you, you used to be like let's get these distinctions you know get the high marks and now it's all the way back down to like let's just pass this like and get this over and done. fighting for your life <laughs> no definitely. survival that's what it's all about <laughs> just surviving uh and finally the moment everyone's been waiting for since about 11 o'clock last night uh hayden anderson how are you doing <laughs> well let me just say this i know that our viewers don't care how i'm doing on a personal level so i'm not going to give you any of that elaboration um but um i'm not doing great i'm not doing great you know what i mean what is there to say you all know bro what if you know how it happened what if your mom watches these indulge anybody i don't need to indulge any of you guys you know i'm doing crap um so yeah that that is my official answer (laughs) Keeping it brief nice. as well, Hayden. Official statement. Nice. My man's cut straight to the chase, eh? No venting today, man. He's not felt sorry for himself. <laughs> no, he, had, he had the whole of last night. Coming. You know? <laughs> Look, I don't know. So let's you know, get to the reason why you're, you're feeling like that. It, it's very much, it was very much overdue but, uh, for Liverpool to, uh, to lose a match. Liverpool have not... I, you know, I don't know. You know they, they won a piece of silverware. Uh, the Community Shield. Be, uh, absolutely, Chartman's 30. 
And then they decided, you know what? <laughs> you could take the next like few weeks off. You know, I, I I don't know if it was arrogance or what, but I think that Liverpool have played atrociously over the last two games. I mean, some people say that Liverpool started to dominate the game against Crystal Palace after they went ten men down. But I mean, you know, a match is ninety minutes and Liverpool you know, they don't, they weren't great. They were far off their best against Crystal Palace. Uh, against Fulham, I don't watch the Fulham game, but I've the fact that you are you're drawing two two away from home at Craven Cottage, I mean yeah, you're away, but still, you would expect more, especially from a team that had just destroyed Man City. And then you get uh, the match against Man United, and they play with no heart. <laughs> uh, the midfield didn't exist. Uh, I don't know. You know, I think it's finally we, we have received definitive proof that you cannot play Henderson and Mullen in the midfield simultaneously. Just, it's not a recipe for success. Um, Liverpool's got no bench. We're three, we're three, uh, Three weeks into the season, and Liverpool have no bench, which is crazy. But Liverpool's not going to buy any midfielders because that's not how Liverpool does it. Um, and I think Trent has been on horrific form. Salah just doesn't exist in matches. He, I mean, he manages. He, he, I don't know. I think the style of play has just cut him off. He, he, he feels like he is there to score a goal every now and again. But in terms of making an impact in the match for the for the rest of the other eighty nine minutes, he's not there. He's very much incognito um so it's a it was a it is the inevitable result of what has been an incredibly frustrating period so i hope that having reached this climax that all those players in their local squad have no no excuse anymore for uh you know it uh our you know we, at least we haven't lost yet at least we've got some points they have to now sit and introspect and really you know, go back to the drawing board and try to find out what is fundamentally wrong with that squad and get themselves, like, ready again. Pick themselves, pick themselves up by the bootstraps and get themselves playing bloody football properly. Was the was the grass not too too uh, too dry, too wet, or perhaps it was? Yeah, you know, the wind the, the wind time. pressure Maybe was, was the wind pressure was like you I mean, know look, guys, the wind guys, pressure guys. wasn't legit. Okay. I know. If you mock, and it, it is, it is you're mocking some of the comments Klopp has made. But I think Klopp makes those comments deliberately when Liverpool, when Liverpool is not played well in order to draw a lot of the ire and the media attention to himself rather than the team. So you go ahead and you continue to perpetuate what is a media strategy by Klopp. So, so what's what's the grass wasn't too late, bro. I don't, yeah, I didn't even listen to what Klopp's post-independence <laughs> were. Um, because I think he, I think I, th- okay, I think I listened to a small clip, and I think that he was talking about them playing well or whatever. But that's ridiculous. Liverpool played horrifically. There was just no energy. Liverpool were getting outpressed and outmuscled by Man United, and those guys are terrible. I was just so about to think- say, Luke, what's your what's your diagnosis? Um, what stage of grief are we talking? Um, <laughs> denial. Every week, yes. I don't know. This is you know? this is new for Hayden. Hey, this is new for Hayden. Um, <laughs> What do you mean? I don't know. I'm always extremely honest when it comes to my club, and I'm willing to diagnose the issues and the problems that they face. I do no, I mean, like, it's, it's just, you know, Liverpool, unfortunately, doesn't take many L's. So this is it's like true. a, it, you know? What is very shocking is the stark difference between the club that is currently, well, the player, the team that is currently being fielded and the team that was fielded towards the end of the season, uh, end of last season. Because Liverpool are just off the back of Challenging for a quadruple 
and now they can't even beat Fulham. They can't even score goals. They struggle to score goals. It's like it's it, it's crazy the difference in the quality of this team. It, it, it's eerie, to be completely honest. Like what could have changed to have reduced mm. the quality of this club so drastically? Where's Konate? Why is this? Why is this? And Sadio and Mane, like, uh, Sadio Mane Matty. cannot be the linchpin. It, like it cannot be the one element you remove, and the entire club, the entire team crumbles. It's too ridiculous. I agree. The is but uh, yeah, it's field. a pretty big loss, though. But I agree. What? Sorry? It's a pretty big loss. I mean, Mane was one of those guys who could just create stuff out of nothing. So, I, yeah. it is a bit of a, a loss. But it's not, it's not you that. Luis hasn't been as good this season. Nunez, I think, is still adapting. So, I can understand the struggles in attack to a degree. But I think the bigger issue is the midfield. The midfield is just atrocious. Yeah. I think night. Hayden did make a good point that the midfield was like non-existent. And I mean, if, you, if you've got a team like Man United, who's arguably got one of the worst midfields like in the league currently, <laughs> which could change, which could change. We could talk about Casemiro later. I know, Zach, calm down. Luke, calm down as well. Um, but yeah, if, if Man United's midfield is dominating your midfield, then something's up. Even more so if it's the, the famed Liverpool midfield. What do you mean the famed? So, who started? No famed Liverpool midfield. It's the least attractive part of Liverpool squad. It's been the least attractive part of Liverpool squad for the last five, six years. Um, mm. I think it's, you know, at this point, like, who even does, who even, like, what players does Liverpool even have that are of quality that they could field in the midfield? So, obviously, for Bingo... Thiago? Probably, well, Thiago, but he's injured. He's a glass cannon. Um... Uh, Fabinho, when he's on form, is good. When he didn't play, he didn't start the game, and I think his he, he, he absence was very uh, palpable. He, when he, he, even though he's been in terrible form, at least having him there makes some sort of impact. Uh, I don't know. And then the 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 third midfielder is always interchangeable. Everyone else is crap. Like hey, I damn. think a big problem in Liverpool's midfield is that half of them are extremely injury prone. Like Thiago, you mentioned, made it's of false, glass. It's like dudes... it's crazy because it's false depth. Because they are like, a, there are a number of players that Liverpool yeah. have that they can field as midfielders. It's just that half of them are never available. Exactly. Mm. Like I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans blaming um, injuries on their poor performance so, so far this season. But I think that you can only blame that to a certain degree because you are buying these players that have terrible injury records. Like Thiago throughout his whole career, has had injury problems. And you bought him when he was over 30. So you can't really expect him to play a full season. Cater, no, Oxlade-Chamberlain, like these guys are guys who have injury have had injury records in the past. So I think it would have been a good move for Liverpool to get in at least another midfielder. You know, I think so that probably, you can sort of rotate that player with Thiago and have Henderson and Fabinho as your starters. And then if you have, you know, Molnar, Cater and Ox when they're fit as like depth options, like you mentioned, then I think it's fine. But you have to rely on one of those three being fit, I think is it's tough. Yeah, I was just going to ask, who's that um, Fulham youngster that they, they signed? Cavalio. I was going to get to this. Cavalio. Look, Elliot I, I Cavalio, really enjoy him. I think he's got lots of potential. They. That's the thing. They've got potential. They're still. They're still green, and yeah. you cannot trust the, the, an entire midfield to, to those sorts of players. Those those youngsters. I suppose that when Elliot and Cavalio were on in the Man United game, they injected some life and enthusiasm into the game. I mean, it was when Cavalio came on that Liverpool actually scored their solitary goal. 
So I think, uh, you know, there are definite better. Like, I think those, they're all good players. The problem, I think, is that they're not stable. They they won't form a stable midfield. You know, they'll give you good attacking options, but maybe in terms of work rate defense, they're not the best. They're not industrious enough uh, for what Mm. Klopp needs them to do. But that is yet again like I, from what I've seen looking at Liverpool forums and stuff is that the the, the plan is that Liverpool is not going to buy a midfielder this season and they're going to try buy Bellingham make a serious attempt to buy Bellingham next season but you know Bellingham will not come in and immediately fix the, the midfield I, it feels like there's something more fundamentally broken at Liverpool because the team that played yesterday <laughs> was a Liverpool starting 11 yes Liverpool might have injury problems but it was literally a starting 11 of Gomez, Van Dijk, Arnold, Robertson. Yes, okay, Henderson Mulder in the midfield. But you had Salah. Okay, I think we all need to recognize that Firmino is completely washed. He does not, you know, he... Don't he is not Fall from grace. Honestly, like if you went back to the three episodes, it would have been... If you went back to the episodes, it would have been like... Firmino's positioning is exactly what makes Liverpool's attack work so well. I, I have not. No, look, I, I guarantee you. I have made that argument in recent times. Look, we I can think, get a sound clip of Hayden saying those exact it. words. I mean, look for it. <laughs> Yet, I think it's been a, it's been a long time since I've, I think anybody's really had anything positive to say about Firmino. He's just he's 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 really fallen off, and I think he's aged and he's, he's past his peak, and he struggles when he's on the field. Like I think there was one opportunity where could have passed the ball he tries to scoop it he tries to do something extravagant and it just fails miserably and he's also he's also just non-existent the Liverpool play and then there's Diaz Diaz is good I think you know Diaz works some magic against Crystal Palace and it's like the reason why Liverpool got like a draw but you know there's something about the style and the tactics of Liverpool that is really obviously undermining the way that they play because you don't hear about Salah during a game you don't hear about Diaz so and it's been three games of that against teams like Crystal Palace and Fulham. So the problem is more fundamental than anything. And we're playing a strong team. I didn't so, watch the full game, but I watched some of the extended highlights, bro. And <laughs> uh, I didn't. I don't remember what the, the. I think the Rashford goal. I don't remember like what happened there. But the Sancho goal. Verge was chilling, bro. Virgil was getting locked up, bro. He was getting arrested <laughs> there. Virgil is getting clapped by Mitrovic game week one. He's getting clapped by someone game week two. Like, you know this guy, how fundamental this is in that backline. And now he's not popping. So I think that's that's a bit of a red flag, bro. Look, no one's popping. This is going to be a long season for Liverpool. It's going to be tough. Mm. Uh, going What's Robertson doing? Because Trent is ass. Verge is not on, on firm. I don't know if Gomez has ever played soccer before. Um, is Robert okay, I honestly so. think like Virgil and Matip have been bailing out Trent and Robertson for the longest time. And now we're only finding out because Virgil is on something and obviously Matip's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Gomez is not a bad defender. He was instrumental to Liverpool winning the Premier League when they won it two, two seasons ago. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, what what's going on. Anyway, how much of the blame bro. do you think Klopp deserves? Just so, finally. How much blame do I think How Klopp much of the blame do you think Klopp deserves for the performances so far? I think a lot of the blame. Because, as I said, I think Liverpool, the way that Liverpool has come out to play, this high line stuff, 
There've obviously been alterations in in the way that Liverpool's trying to maneuver the ball, and it's not working. And I think what Liverpool also needs to recognize, and I think what Klopp needs to take responsibility for, is that Liverpool is unable to break down a low block team, and it has been like this for years. It's the reason why Liverpool won the, lost the Champions League final, and it's been the reason why Liverpool has been unable to win a game for the last three matches in the Premier League. And yet, Jurgen Klopp has not changed anything. He has not adapted. He has not tried to come up with an alternative style of play in order to specifically target these low block teams. And he hasn't adapted, and now we've lost. And we've we got two out of nine points. And I think that thought that is directly his, his fault for, for not coming up with a plan B and only sticking with a plan A and for making such late substitu- only making substitutions late into games. Um, so yeah, I think I think a lot of it is his fault. He's still a, he's mm. a great manager. It's just that he used to be humble enough, I think, to recognize that sometimes his tactics don't work and he needs to be able to come up with alternative styles of play. Or bring back Geiger pressing. Because, I don't know, Liverpool's <laughs> get outpressed by Man United. That's ridiculous. I don't that's know. that's, that's quite terrible. A team Lates. that doesn't that press is... outpresses you. Listen, bro, like, I mean, the Jurgen Klopp team, that's bad. No, because there's obviously... and I, Maybe it's the players as well being arrogant, but I think... I think it's the instructions that they're getting because you know that uh, you know that Salah and 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 Diaz can make runs in behind. They just don't. Mm. Bro, with the these extended highlights too, like it wasn't Liverpool's greatest game, but I don't think they didn't have the opportunities. Like they had shots too. It just was one of those. It looked a they, little bit. They, un- they did have yeah. shots. Liverpool have the, had the, very the... few creative good opportunities. They had 17 shots fair, most compared of the, to... Yeah, but most of their shots compared, came at the end of the game when United were, like, trying to defend a two yeah, lead. they were mostly pot shots. 71% yeah, like, position, yeah. five shots on target they had both. I don't know. That, I, don't I think, think that's the problem. I don't problem. think it was horrible. It was five shots on target. Yeah. I, I swear to you, three of them were, like, headers that bounced into the ground. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, yeah, well, very that, true. that was yeah. also an issue. Headering straight into the ground or kicking straight into the ground, you know? Mm. Finishing was terrible. Me, just completely All the goals refreshing a, that a shot. Liverpool have scored this season have not come from something that's been well worked. Um, the goal that they scored against United was from was from a corner, which is a set piece. I don't know how much, and it was a very chaotic goal. Yeah, um, it was a huge hustle. And by United Salah. suck at defending corners. Yeah, look, uh, the goal they scored against Crystal Palace came from Luis Diaz literally taking on Crystal Palace by himself and scoring. The goals against uh, Fulham, I, I didn't, I can't remember the second goal, but the first goal was just um, masterclass fluke, uh, flick back heel, whatever. Diaz. From, yeah. From, from, was it Diaz yeah. Or Nunes? Oh, sorry, Nunes. Yeah, that was Nunes. 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 It was like yeah. it went through his legs and then ricocheted back onto his back heel. <laughs> there's like this, like this is very unusual because the goals have not come from quick play. They haven't come from something being well worked. It's just. You know, they came through sheer force of will. So, you know, there have been no, like, sexy train crosses. Well, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't taken, <laughs> I haven't seen one this season. I don't know if you've seen one this season. No, true, Hayden. Yeah. I've been disappointed. My mm. FPL has also been disappointed in Trent. Honestly. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, for, I think maybe choose. that's also for the fundamental problem is that all the creativity at Liverpool come from the two wingbacks. And those wingbacks have been atrocious this season. I don't know, but like Robertson's been non-existent and Trent has been bad. Mm. Listen, yeah. Liverpool tactics, Liverpool tactics, Jurgen, whatever. The biggest masterclass that came from this game was benching Maguire. 
And so, Zach, you can take <laughs> it away with the masterclass uh, that came from Ten Hag, bro. Yeah. Be- before I'm we talk gonna... about United, uh, yeah, I'm yes, not going to stay here to listen to that. That, that uh, I have self-respect. Okay. Before you leave, um, your scroll draft pick. Just so you know, uh, you'll pick a Salah, as I'm sure you remember. Yeah, I uh, get a point. Went woefully wrong. Yeah. But I get a point. Uh, Look at that, Hayden. You took something out of this weekend. Forest versus Spurs. <laughs> I'm going to choose Harry Kane. Ah, oh, Hayden, bro. Come on, man. On and to be fair, note, having, knowing that I've ruined Daniel's day <laughs> just to get back at him. I leave in peace and. and I think I may have also already chosen Kane. Have I, right. Zach? Cheers, boss. No, you haven't. And to you be fair, Hayden. you would have gone before Hayden had. <laughs> Come on, man. Had he been here, I have never first. gone first, so I am. <laughs> Hayden, first you destroy my FPL. Now you destroy my scorer draft, bro. You, you and Liverpool can't do me any any dirtier, honestly. I'm here to cause violence and chaos, and with that, I bid you all adieu. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Adieu, brother. So now, now we get to the fun part of the podcast. We get to talk about the Whoa. greatest team in the Premier League. Yeah, Zach. Just before you start, I mean, this guy Hayden, eh? What, what an absolute tart, eh? <laughs> it's like we just yeah. start talking mad smack about Hayden as soon as he used to trash talking Hayden. My man came uh, on, tuned the whole Liverpool squad. Bounce. <laughs> uh, Even tune no. club. You, when did you ever think Hayden would come out and tune club? Ah. It's a revelation. Hey, anyway. hey, if, 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 if you ever watch this, Hayden, we, we love you, bro. Mad respect. <laughs> yeah, he's dedicated to the grind. Speaking of being de- dedicated to the grind, Eric Tenov came up with a masterclass against Liverpool. Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a really good performance. Um, United played in a classic United way, sitting deep, hitting, hitting teams on the counter. Marcus Rashford, I thought, was had an unbelievable game. I thought, I thought playing on the counter, playing into space, it really suited Rashford and Alanga and even Sancho. Um, I think that was that's probably the way United are going to look to play moving forward. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how Ten Hag adapts to this, um, considering that he's not going to get the space that. He got against Liverpool, against every team. Like, for example, we play Southampton mm, this week. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be playing with a high line, or at least the way Liverpool uh, played. So, we need to see. I, I don't think that United are going to be able to play like this moving forward for against many teams, but it'll be interesting to see how he adapts. But uh, overall, I thought you can't really complain with a, a, a dub against Liverpool. You're honestly, I was utterly surprised by the just motivation of the man united players and i mean like i guess maybe i'm a fool because if the entire world is looking at you and calling you guys frauds and fakes and you know like a disgrace to the badge you know like you would think that that's going to motivate you but at the same time i was like after two bad performances and all this negativity surrounding you um i was like wow it like everyone came to play everyone acted as a team unit which is I hate to say it, but unlike the the Manchester of today, like everyone is like a their own, you know, number one. Everyone looks out for themselves. Um, so it's great to see everyone just hustling together and just putting in that extra effort, you know, because every honestly every second ball fell to a Man United player. 
That's just that's just how I saw the game. And I guess it was scrappy and whatever. But on an, any other day, you'd you'd see Liverpool getting those second balls. But Man United's work ethic or work rate was just so high that they managed to you know just nip it when they needed it. So, and I mean that's what you want. You want those fifty fifties to turn into seventy thirties. Um, and that's that's what happened. I don't think yeah. there were really any star performance, yeah, star performances or any like huge carries. I will say Jaden Sancho's finish was immaculate, super composed. I mean, it was helped by like tragic defending by Virgil. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I mean I always love Christian Eriksen. I think he's a top class baller. Um, and I was surprised by McTominay's work rate at the end of the match. I think he was just hustling to get every single ball, like whether it was on the top of the pitch or at the bottom of the pitch. And I think Bruno did a masterclass when it came to the antics and the drama and, you know, falling down, grabbing his leg or grabbing his face and wasting time. But otherwise, <laughs> I don't think, I can't say so-and-so carried or so-and-so carried. I think it was just a, like a, a huge team effort. Um, and I would, there were some instances where you could have seen like two own goals. One, Bruno Fernandes just kicking it <laughs> yeah. straight into Martinez. <laughs> Martinez. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what he was thinking. And the other one, I think it came off Martinez that time. It deflected yeah. off him, and then Dyer saved it as well. I'm sorry, Dyer, De Gea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spurs, Spurs is on my mind, 24/7, boys. Um, yeah, but but I mean that's that's just a result of everyone being switched on 24/7. As soon as one of your teammates make a mistake, you're there to cover, um, mm. and that's that's been what Manchester United has been lacking. You know, there's maybe one or two good performances. But in the general sense, everyone is turned off. No one's motivated. No one's working hard. Everyone's kind of just waltzing around. And I think that was really there. And I hope it was more than just a necessity to perform that well. I hope there was some lead in the dressing room or maybe Ten Hag put in a good, a good, you know, conversation, a good speech. And then everyone felt motivated as opposed to the necessary motivation coming from the media or the fans or whatever, because you know that 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 motivation from the media it's it's not always how can i say it's not it's not always there or as or as compelling but if it's a if it's a lead in the dressing room or it's your manager that you're listening to that goes a long way and that lasts a lot longer that's why it's kind of like a double-edged sword for me this whole passion Mm. thing because yeah you're going to be passionate if the media is on your back you've got your back against the wall you've got you know, you're playing Liverpool, like you're under pressure, like you're going to be like really passionate and aggressive and fighting for everything. Whereas, you know, you play Southampton away, you might not have that same passion. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that worries me. But then again, it does also encourage me that they have the side to them, that when they need to, they can turn it up. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm really excited to see what happens in the next few weeks because... I think United are going to go undergo a lot of development. I hope at least. So I just mm. want to see if we can carry this through moving forward. Mm. No, me too. Like, I'm definitely, yeah. definitely interested to see if Casemiro makes an even more positive change. Mm. Like, is that going to be honest with you, bro? Coming into this game, I was like, yes, <laughs> it's not looking good, bro. It's not looking good. Like, uh, yeah, there was just a lot going into this. And like, I, you know, I love United. I love Liverpool too, but just my personal opinion, like even a subpar Liverpool for me would still come out on top 
given this United, uh, the state that United are in coming into this game. You know, you're getting pumped, pumped by um, Brighton. Was it Brighton? Who was who was the first one? Yeah, yeah it was Brighton, and then Brighton. Brighton, and then what is the second? <laughs> what was last week's bad one? Um, um, Brentford, Brentford. Brentford getting pumped by Brighton and Brentford. I was like, yes, okay, that's it's not looking too good. Um, yeah, bro, and then no Ronnie starting, Maguire on the bench, which I guess in hindsight was a good thing, but then that also means that um, we've never seen Varane and uh, Martinez together, so I wasn't sure how that was going to pop. Uh, Malasia starting, I was pretty, I was keen to see that. Like, unfortunately, yeah. I was on call, like I told you guys, I was in the hospital, mm, yeah. and I was busy, like, chilling with patients, and I saw the, the lineups, and I was like, yes, <laughs> this is a different lineup, it's not looking good, this is gonna be crazy. I was like, my FL's gonna pop, cause I was, yes, I was on like 20 something, 30 something, and I was like, Salah's, Salah's needs to, needs to start cooking tonight, right? <laughs> and then, um, I saw this lineup, and I was like, this is chips, bro, I'm gonna, this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a haul tonight, guys, I'm gonna get a haul. <laughs> Yes, FBL, and I was busy chilling. Safe. <laughs> bro, I was like 50-something minutes eat. into the game. When was when did Rashi score? He scored 53. So I think I I think I looked at my FPL like 57, 58, and it was 2-0. And I was like, nah, bro. I was refreshing. I was refreshing my app because I was like, no. Nah, this this, <laughs> this is not right. Rashi. I was like, no, 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 no. What's going on here? What's going on here? Um, Didn't you have him in your team? Yeah. We should probably Sorry? save this for the FPL pod. Actually, yeah, no, definitely. No, I know. I was just saying. Your I was just saying. Like, I, I was. That's. Podcast. I was like. I was exceptionally confused, and I was like, I don't know what's happening, and um, yeah, bro. So I was so so bummed because I thought I'd be able to come home a little bit earlier, at least watch that like the last half an hour or something. So I got home like midnight or something, and then I seen that they'd won. So I was like, GG's, um, and Twitter. I immediately went to Twitter because I knew O's are going to be uh buzzing bro i knew because also the mm. thing was it was also like i thought there was going to be some sort of protesting there with the glazers out uh you know like the that movement that's kind of going on so i thought there was going to be no home support no one was the, you know the vibes were low i was like this is going to be crazy and it like landed up working out in the end so but but also again like i don't want to take away from from this this w for you guys this rare w for these guys but like, I don't know how confident w. I would be going into this next game. Like, because for me, it still feels like there's that, there's still very high potential for it to be bad mm. again. Like, there's like, it's, you know, like, like Dan, you were just saying that they, the, the loose balls, it was scrappy, but they just got lucky. You know, and there's going to be those games where it's unfortunately not going to be lucky and you're going to have whichever guy running, you're going to have Zaha coming at you. Who's, the, who's United's next game? Zaha, St. Max, like, they will not survive. You're going to have, you're gonna have Southampton, okay? I don't know who's gonna learn Southampton. Uh, Shay Adams, Shay Adams is gonna come sprinting at at uh, Martinez, and yeah, sometimes it might not work out in the end. But you know what? You gotta live in the moment, bro. So I'm sure you were you were absolutely st- stoked, bro. And now you've got Casemiro. So it's only, Can only I give you up guys and up from here, on bro. Casemiro. Oh, Zach, don't disrespect you're not, my you're boy. You're not feeding Casemiro. Don't disrespect my boy. No, I've, I've said that he's the GOAT CDM. I mean, he might be like, you know, we know he's the years, GOAT CDM, but he's bro. got experience. He's got experience. And hopefully that's the leader you, you guys need in that. No, nah, like, but Zach, you know, Zach's, build up role. Zach was right about Ronaldo messing up the system. Ronaldo benched. These guys beat Liverpool. So, you know, Zach's got that, that masterclass quietly brewing in the background. So what's the plan? Zach, my take on Casemiro is I think that 
if you look at it in isolation, like we just look at Casemiro being added into this nicer team, I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's great. I mean, the dude is just unbelievable defensively. Like, probably the best, or at least like top three, maybe, defensive central midfielders in the world. Like, the dude mm. just claps Oaks Honestly. all the time. Like, mm. Luke, I'm sure, like, you can speak to this as well. Like, the dude is just immense defensively. Like, he is going to be the rock. He's going to be the anchor. One. Like, United can My homie's been this defense flipping, around. pocketing prime Messi for the last few years, bro. This, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, and, you know, you guys needed a CDM. This, this day one, we probably started this podcast just that we can chat about United's lack of a <laughs> the CDM. Lack of CDM. Now wow. you haven't just got some random ass guy like from the Bundesliga or something like that. Rabio. You've got Casemiro. And you know, like there's always going to be those haters like, yeah, he's been playing with uh, Cruz and Modric, which is like very different to McTominay and Fred, which it is. But this guy's still, you've seen, you, I'm sure Zach, you've seen compilations like Welcome to United. This guy just slides in like there's no tomorrow. This guy's going to be in your face. He's not the greatest pres- um, progressive passer, but I, like I don't think that's exactly hey, what that's you need him for. That's yeah, why I got Ericsson. Yeah, I was about to say you've that's got you've say, got my boy Ericsson, you've got Fernandez. You know, like it's it's looking good. So you haven't got a CDM. You've got, in my opinion, probably at this stage the best. Yeah, like I, I definitely think he's up there with one of the best CDMs in the world. Um, mm. I do think that. He doesn't solve all of United's midfield problems. Like, I don't think yeah. you sign him and it's like, ah, oh, I'm midfield sorted now. 100%. Because, 100%, like you said, he's yeah. not the best progressive passer. Um, mm. I don't know. You you probably know better than me, but the way I understand the Madrid midfield to work is you have Modric, who's kind of like the link between the midfield and the attack. He's the guy who's, yeah. like, pushing forward, getting the ball to the strikers and the wingers. And then you have Kroos, mm. who kind of, like, drops like to the center backs and trying to progress the ball from the defense in the midfield. And then Casemiro is just like the link between them. He just kind of keeps things yeah. going. Yeah. He's not really like moving the ball forward in any way. So I don't think that yeah. he's going to be able to come to United and do that. So I still think United need another central midfielder who can do that. Uh, Ericsson could maybe, but again, I don't mm. know how long-term or sustainable Ericsson yeah. He's going to be able... Like, I don't know if Ericsson's going to be able to play 34 league matches for United, plus, I mean, you know, he's, games I in think the he's cup, done the, the most distance league. out of any Man United player at the moment, and he still looks good. <laughs> but for me, the nah, main he issue cooked. with... Yeah, he looked cooked. Main, the, it's the end of the second half yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, but like... I mean, they were depending on him, like, defensively and in attack as well. Like, he was nipping the ball continuously. Mm. And I think if he just gets... That load lifted off his shoulders a bit um, by Casemiro. It can work out. The only thing yeah. that I have to say about Ericsson is his like ball-holding skills or ball-carrying skills is not as good as Modric. He can, he can, he can pass the ball forward. His nicely. ball position? Can, his ball position, his ball-carrying, yeah. His um, ball-holding. Ball <laughs> I was going to say like... Uh, From his Tottenham days. Ball-retaining, you're saying like that. Ball-retaining. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the words escape me. Um, yeah, unlike Modric, <laughs> you just went Modric, back to what you know, bro. <laughs> bro, listen. <laughs> you, you've 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 done me dirty, you, Luke, man. Come on, bro. He's you're, you're editing the podcast. You can decide whether this stays in or not. <laughs> uh, 
No, Ericsson ball holding, Ericsson's ball possession, ball, ball <laughs> regression, everything. Ericsson and balls are just top tier, bro. Top tier. Yeah, no, because Modric can do like a fancy dribble and retain the ball and then you save. But Ericsson, mm. he, he's, he's really good at releasing the ball early. And sometimes there won't be that opportunity and he's going to need to hold the ball um, and like, you know, defend it a bit and then get the ball off later. Um, and I feel like that's maybe where he might like come up short. Um, so that's why I, I'd agree with you this saying they need like one more CDM mm. that can help out with that as well. But I yeah. feel like you guys should do the one CDM, the two cams um, and just take that risk because I don't know, like two CDMs. Yeah. I, I don't back that for you guys, especially um, because then Rashford I would, it wouldn't be like Sancho get the ball. And then, you know, there's no one to pass to because it's only them two in the box. It wouldn't be like a traditional CDM though. It'd be like like De Jong yeah. would be the ideal guy because I think if you get De Jong, he can do all the build up stuff. He can do the progressive stuff, and then he doesn't have to have the defensive responsibility of a Casemiro, but he can defend, and then he can also mm. push forward and have Casemiro sit back when we have the ball, and then Casemiro protect the back four, and then he can push up. So I think that mm. like at the moment that United team is perfect for what Frankie De Jong wants to do. But just the last thing, Casemiro. <laughs> just the last thing, Casemiro is. I'm also worried about the financials of this deal, because the dude is thirty. Which, I mean, I think Son is thirty as well. Uh, Real Madrid just bought Rudiger, and he's thirty-one, and no one really, you know, cared about that. But I think the reason why Casemiro's age is so important for United is because Spurs and Real Madrid are competing now. Like those are teams are looking to compete right now. So it makes sense to get guys who are that age. Whereas United realistically are not going to pe- compete in the next two to three years. Like I know we just mm-hmm. beat Liverpool, but we're not going to compete for Champions League or Premier League in the next two to three years. Yeah. So by the time we, like the earliest time we can really compete is when Casemiro is like 33, 34. And at that point, considering like there are already questions about his mobility now, like I think by the time that by the time we are actually ready to compete, he might not be the player we need him to be. But if he can just get us there, if he can be the player who can improve us now and make us better in the now, so that by the time we get there, you know, we're in a good position, I'll take it. He's also on ridiculous wages, like six hundred k a week. So Bro, I think that guys and wages, yeah. man, it's destroying <laughs> your club. Is, honestly. The wages mean that Casemiro has to work. If he flops, we're not going to be able to sell him because he's over 30 and he's not going to want to leave because he's on high wages. So we're basically going to have to just eat the contract for the next four or five years. So he has to work. He has to be good for us. So I do yeah, you guys want listen. another maybe younger CDM to be his understudy. I think that would be the best, the best for you guys. You know, Zach. and then you can just rotate between those two. Yeah, Do there are some youngsters coming through from the academy that uh, I think yeah, could use like, his mentorship. Yeah, Perisic and Ryan Sessegnon, how that's operating at Spurs at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Zach, you do not have to worry, Daniel Laff. I've watched this guy since we started. And the, diff- <laughs> the in Madrid, if you're making this a difference in Madrid, you are definitely going to be making a difference in United. Okay. Madrid's flipping uh, staff members can make a difference in United, bro. <laughs> like on the field, it's it's 
this guy's Gets good. Gets a dad injured in the midfield. Sure, you know, the thing is, like, you've got people that are creative in the midfield that can do, that can break the lines, that can progress it forward. Casemiro don't have to to rely on him that much, but then again, also the Prem is a lot more free flowing than La Liga. Remember, La Liga has got a lot of those low blocks, a lot of that's like slower build up play. He's done it since he's he's been doing it. You know, it's it's not it's not as fine tuned as Cruz and Modric, but then again, it's Cruz and Modric. Like, there's barely any people that can do that, let alone a flipping CDM. The guy's passionate, and the best thing about Casemiro, especially with Madrid, bro, like you could see, it was night and day with him and without him. He, especially with, I don't know, Varane's not very adventurous, like going forward. So I'm guessing Martinez is probably going to be that guy. Yeah. No, definitely. Perfect. I mean, Martinez like is the rival, whatever guy in the yeah, that's definitely Casemiro's, po- yeah, like Casemiro's positioning in Madrid was amazing where he would let uh, Ramos go forward a lot and Varane would stay back. He would fill that center, I mean, yeah, that center half, um, that center back position. Everyone will go pro- progress a little bit forward and he would like cover that position. His covering was amazing. And the attacking comes every now and again. He's like, he's, he's definitely like one of those Modric's where it's kind of like when he does score, it's an absolute banger from however many kil- like kilometers away, thousand million. It's <laughs> just, it's just a, it's, it's a scorcher, bro. It's a banger from far and it's in the top corner or it's just, it's just one of those beauties that just happen. So he does have that. And he, I don't know if you watched the, 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 um, was it the the Super Cup where we played uh, Frankfurt? Frankfurt. He yeah. provided the assist, bro. It's like the we got the assist. He's there. He's tall. He's physical, and you know the Prem loves that, eh? Hey? So he he's going to be another person. And unfortunately, Martinez is not going to be uh, that aerial threat there for for corners when you're taking them. So he's going to be there. He's going to be amazing. And um, yeah, bro, age is just a number. This guy's sliding in. He doesn't care. You can see it's Casemiro, bro. Just when you mm. when you watch those videos, you you know exactly what he's gonna be a Mulner. That's exactly okay. Mulner, unfortunately, is not the greatest example to bring up right now. But the the longer um long longevity 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 longevity, yes, longevity of this guy is gonna be immaculate. So don't don't stress don't stress, bro. It's gonna be all good. You bringing you just it's Madrid's retirement home, bro. Modric, you can get Modric next season. Then you can get Cruz the following Ronaldo, season, and then got Varane, and then got, uh, and then then you can then you can bring Benz, and then you'll you'll get the whole band back together. Ramos will probably be free. <laughs> Navas is probably going to be second choice at PSG, bro. You can literally just get Madrid. Yo, I'd take Navas. Second hand Madrid Navas in a half. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can get the wish version. You can get the wish the wish Madrid. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe we can keep um, yeah. uh, some people. You know, like I don't know, Malasia looked pretty pretty hot. Not gonna lie, there in yeah. the back. I know Zach, we, yeah, we're sure. getting you know we're getting on in time. Yeah, do I? I was about to say we're, we're heading towards we're heading towards forty five minutes. Yeah, I still wanted to talk about Chelsea losing to Leeds. Ooh. Like that was pretty big. They just also submitted a bid for Anthony Gordon, sixty mil for Anthony Gordon. Yo. Crazy business. At this point, they're just throwing Chelsea. money at their problems. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> Luke. Your your reaction is exactly Who? what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, they even they, uh, were, they even put a bid for someone someone who got rejected recently. Um, yeah, I'll find it now. Sorry, it was, it was, it was a Neto. Neto. It could it be Neto? They not, I think they. Uh, they not I Neto, know. someone. But while you look that up, uh, I also want to talk about Spurs and Wolves. I thought that was a good game. I thought Wolves looked kind of frisky. Wolves uh, actually looked really good. Spurs got away with my opinion. 
and Fofana. That's it. They were they were they were going in for Fofana. Did we lose Luke? I think he's just got a bad connection. Yo, sorry, gents. Yeah. And then the game of the weekend, was, Man City, Newcastle. Man City, Newcastle, which in my opinion was the game of the weekend. That was an absolute banger. Absolute um, Newcastle masterclass. St. Max Facts. is a baller of ballers, bro. He is, like, honestly <laughs> the top baller. He's, his dribbling skills are unmatched. I mean, up against Kyle Walker, arguably the fastest defender in the world. And my man hmm. just puts him on skates. Crazy stuff. He plays like kind of Kasi style, bro. You know? <laughs> he plays in such a weird but way. Anyway. Like, you don't, you never really know where he's going. Because he, he, he runs. But he's also, he's crazy. He's like Vinny first season. Like, <laughs> he will go through your legs and you won't even know, bro. And he'll be 20 meters ahead of you. <laughs> and then the next moment, he'll do some trash pass that's you know daniel can do in his sleep in on the hockey field you know and uh, it's kind of like what like you know what's this guy doing but gg's to him eh? i think he he scored two against city hey no nah, oh, yeah he got an assist one or two. he scored one yeah beautiful beautiful but he was he was top draw in that yeah, game yeah so prim went but, prim um, was crazy this weekend but unfortunately fpl wasn't crazy this weekend, weekend but yeah we'll get there we'll talk about that later yeah getting to the score draft though um the order for this week will be Myself, Dan, and then Luke. Uh, last week, apart from Hayden picking Salah and getting that goal later on in the weekend, uh, none of us did anything. Sterling, yeah, he had the ball in the back of the net, but I think it was offside. Yeah, and it was early in the game as well. Yeah, <sighs> so Luke unfortunately got nothing from him. Dan, Kulusevski failed to deliver for you. And then <sighs> Arsenal managed to score four goals. None of them were scored by... Uh, Saka though, so I end up with zero as well. <laughs> so this week I'm going back to the well, back to the Arsenal well, um, and I'm going to be picking Gabriel Jesus to score against. I think they're playing Fulham. Yeah, they're playing Fulham at home this week, so hmm. have to go with the man Gabriel Jesus. He's been on fire recently, so that's my pick. Uh, is it me now? Yep. I mean, I was disappointed um, by Kulusevski not getting a goal um, this past week. But I'm going to stay faithful to my boys. And <laughs> I would have gone for Harry Kane. But I'm going to go for the next best thing. I'm going to go Human Son with uh, at least one goal. Just just, just a question before. And if he does score two, are we giving me two points? Or, or what's yes. going on here? Okay. You get as many points as your player scores goals. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Damn. Hopefully Son pulls through. That is a pretty good fixture, not to come forest. All right. Hmm. Um, if that is the case, then I'm going to be getting three points from Rodrigo from Leeds because man is turned into Ooh, prime whoever. He's, <laughs> my man is... I've never heard of this, bro. We had him last season and now he's scoring goals on the rig, So, hmm? Ex-Valencia player, Rodrigo. Valencia, yes. Yeah. Jesse Marsh now masterclass. We actually forgot to mention that. Like, not only did Chelsea yeah. bottle it, but Jesse Marsh has entered the this season with a bang. My man knows what he's doing. Mm. The amount of American Leeds fans is just about a skyrocket this season. <laughs> <laughs> they've got Marsh, they've uh, got Aronson, they've got Tyler Adams. Like, watch out! And like, 
20 years time they're going to be just a whole group of american leeds fans and you'll be like well how did this happen beautiful it's going to be because of jesse marsh Mm. ggs oh yeah Uh, i think that wraps up this week's episode if you have enjoyed please be sure to give us a like um five star review or five star rating and drop a review as well if you can it does help us in the algorithm to get on the charts uh But yeah, until next time, this has been the Two Cents Footy crew of the Two Cents Footy podcast. Have a good day.